This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 98 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Now, I've already gone over all the reasons why you would want to switch over to Blueberry Markets if you have the chance. But if you want to sweeten the pot a little bit, remember, you are getting a cash back bonus that is twice as much as you would have gotten this time last year. Now, of course, they don't just give it to you all at once because people would take advantage of that and steal money. But yet another reason to make Blueberry Markets your primary or your secondary broker. So if you are outside of the United States, and that includes Canada, wasn't always the case, but Canadians, you are welcome aboard now too. Click the link down below in the description that takes you to the blog that describes everything you will ever need to know about Blueberry Markets and your membership there, and also includes my affiliate link, which you need to click if you are going to get any of these bonuses I talk about. Uh, now, some people, believe it or not, do not click the right link, so just make sure once you get there, tell them VP sent you, and you should get hooked up with everything you need. It is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast, and happy Sunday to everybody. We are starting this a day late. I appreciate you uh, waiting a day. It just really comes down to uh, the same thing it comes down to almost all the time when I leave town. You know, does my microphone fit in my bag? <laughs> this time the answer was no. So, uh, one day late. Hoping everybody's Sunday has been wonderful so far. And uh, we are going back to crypto this week um, because. Well, many reasons. One, it's about time we did. Two, there are a lot of really compelling things going on in the market right now. Uh, and I want to make my stance very clear on this or reiterate it. Uh, nothing has changed on my end. Uh, I, I actually listened to my uh, episode last week on energy, and I must have said the, the phrase, nothing has changed, maybe six or seven times. Um, because you have to remember, price goes up and down. The fundamentals, especially the long-term fundamentals, often don't. And I really like paying attention to that divergence between the two. Now, in the case of crypto, uh, the price has gone up quite a bit since the beginning of the year. Um, but the fundamentals really have not, if you think about it, at least not long term. Short term, they have. We had the banking scare, which pumped up Bitcoin and Ethereum for some reason. And then everything else kind of came with it later. But to me, the whole thing was nothing more than a retracement in the larger picture. Now, we'll see how that plays out. But... There is still a recession coming, and we can argue all day about the severity of the upcoming recession, um, but most people who I listen to and I trust and who have been right about these things before say it's coming and says there's a much more likely chance we're going to have a hard landing than a soft landing. And we all know, what does that do to the price of assets and things like crypto? You know, they all go down because everybody runs to dollars. And you can sit there and run around saying this time it's going to be different until it actually is different. And until human behavior, you know, collectively, not just in small parts, you know, collectively, has this shift that I'm just going to assume it's going to be like all other recessions. And if it is, then the price of all your crypto is going to go down. Not to mention the extra headwind of the United States doing everything they can to attack crypto. We've talked about this on a previous episode. Uh, but they are emptying the gas tank here. Now, now, you might say, okay, the United States is just one country. Long term, this is just going to be a minor setback. Uh, Maybe long, long term, but this is going to hurt if they are able to proceed with what they want to proceed with. Um, don't forget all the money that is in the United States. We've mentioned this before, too. You don't understand this until you run a business that takes customers from everywhere just how much money is still in the United States. 
this will be more than just a minor setback, especially when it comes to bringing on new money in the future. You have to keep in mind, the people who are not into crypto yet are already fairly risk averse. There's really no chance they're going to make any effort to enter something that is illegal in their country. You know, this headwind is very real. So the upcoming recession itself and the possible legislation in the United States are giant headwinds for the crypto market as a whole. Uh, But there is one tailwind, and it pales in comparison to the two headwinds I just spoke about. But there is one tailwind for Bitcoin, and that is the banking crisis. Uh, Bitcoin, even though it's not, is looked upon as a safe haven now more than it ever has been in the past. In particular, with the younger generations who were already mostly online. You know, a lot of their world is already on their cell phones. So, this was a very easy and obvious transition for them uh, because they haven't always seen the banking sector the same way the older generations have. So, this in part is what I think led to the big move up in Bitcoin during this past run and could happen again. And once Bitcoin does go up, everything else typically does follow, as we saw. So it's going to be very interesting to watch this little juxtaposition play out over the course of the remainder of 2023, at least, and into 2024. Uh, But again, I think the headwinds drastically outweigh the tailwinds. And so my bias is still bearish, which is good. That's going to give everybody opportunities or second or third opportunities to pick up some of the coins and tokens that they want. So on that note, Let me go ahead and tell you the top three tokens I'm the most excited about right now. This does not in any way indicate that I am bearish on anything else I own. That's ridiculous. If I ever become bearish on something I own, I will tell you so everybody knows. And I will also make the change on the blog. So please don't be annoying and say, oh, so what do you think about this one? Do you still like this one? I really hate when people do that because one, I am not a signal service. And I am doing all of this for free. So if you want an on-demand report on a token I have mentioned before, that's not going to happen. I just told you, I'm going to do my best to keep everybody updated as best I can. And if you don't hear me talk about something for a while, just assume that I am bullish until further notice. Got it? Cool. Moving on to my top token I'm probably the most excited about. If I have not talked about it enough, it is still number one in my heart in terms of overall excitement and anticipation for the future. Is it Cardano? No, it's not. It's Matic. It's Polygon. Now, I want you to keep in mind, this is what I am excited about for the the near to midterm future. So let's say probably about the next 12, 18 months out. And I'll explain why that time frame matters towards the end of this episode. So make sure you stick around. Uh, But as of right now, Polygon is just the place where everyone wants to be. You see so many projects either making a full migration away from the chain they're on over to Polygon, or they at least split off a little bit, uh, or just they make sure they have some type of presence there. You know, for a lot of the applications we're going to see in the next probably five to 10 years, you're going to need a layer two to get it done. You know, the layer ones just aren't going to do it. You know, especially one that was invented, what, like eight years ago? Talking about Ethereum? You know, the people in the know, these creators, they, they see the writing on the wall and they know where the future lies. And I'm seeing it even more and more than the last time I talked about it. So I'm not going to spend too much more time on Polygon here because I've already done dedicated episodes to this, uh, which if you like, you can simply go to YouTube, nonsenseforex.com, or the podcast player of your choice and look that up. 
Um, but everything that I've spoken about it has just gotten even more magnified probably in the last four to five months. And oddly enough, price hasn't gone up hardly at all in this past bull run. You know, you can still buy Matic at $1 right now for a token that, in my opinion, has stronger short to midterm fundamentals than any other token out there, including the ones that ran a lot. Such a slam dunk here. You know, not financial advice, but make sure you have some type of exposure to Polygon going forward, regardless of how or when you buy it. Number two, and number two with a bullet, is IMX. I think I really called this one, contrarians. It is, I don't even want to say slowly, it almost has become at this point the premier gaming platform on the entire blockchain. And we also spoke about how whether whether I'm wrong and crypto just makes this huge run or whether we do end up coming into a recession and a prolonged recession, gaming is going to be the first thing out of the muck. And I want everybody to have some kind of exposure to this sector as well. Now, within this sector, you know, what are IMXs even top competition right now? Gala, you know, Wax, you know, and look what they've done over time. They've either stagnated or gone down in overall market share. IMX has done nothing but rise quickly into, let's see where we're at on market cap right now. It's number 58 on CoinGecko. Because again, people in the know are watching this rise and they are recognizing just what this company is doing and they want to make sure they have exposure to it as well. Now, what are they doing? One of the main things they just did is make a really nice partnership with Polygon. Now, the reasons behind this have to do with, uh, with ZK rollups and things like that. Things that are beyond uh, the scope of what we talk about on the show, just because they're technical. And uh, despite what you think about me, you have to admit that I, I do stay in my lane <laughs> as best as I can. So plenty of information out there on this partnership and what it means. And I am starting to understand the technology more now to a point. But one of the biggest things they're doing with this partnership is taking care of something that I see being one of the largest hurdles for this space, and that is going to be onboarding. Let's not forget, the the end game here is not to get the money that's already in crypto or the people who are already excited and knowledgeable about it. It's to get that outside money. How do we do that? Because that's going to be our next big step up. How do we get institutional money? And how do we get retail money that isn't here yet? Now, in my opinion, gaming is going to be the largest way we do that because that community is so big. And if Web3 games really are the next step in the evolution, and remember, every step that has come before this was met with a lot of resistance. So let's put that whole people don't want it right now argument to bed. I'm sure a lot of them are going to come around when the games that they're playing are giving them nothing and the games their friends are playing are actually making them money. And both games are equally as fun and exciting. Uh, the choice, I think, starts to become pretty easy at that point. But the big hurdle initially is how do we get these people on board? Remember, right now, getting into crypto it seems kind of easy to us because we've done it already, but at first it was not. And especially if these people don't have a lot of interest in blockchain to begin with, you know, how do we make it as easy as possible for them to sign up for these games without having to remember a seed phrase, which everybody freaking hates? And how do we do it by avoiding, you know, all this technical jargon that they don't understand? You know, this is really, really important. And if the blockchain doesn't do this first, companies like Apple and Microsoft are probably going to be the first ones in. 
and then this whole thing becomes a tougher mountain to climb. But IMX is taking onboarding very seriously. This merger with Polygon was a big reason for that, and the things that they're already doing with their wallets show me that their focus is in the right place, especially when it comes to onboarding. You know, this transition from Web 2 to Web 3 gaming means a lot less if people can't even get through the door, or if they are scared of going through the door, or if there are three or four doors they have to pass through just to play a game. You know, it shouldn't be this way, and all of those barriers need to be eliminated first. And to me, IMX and Polygon are both leading the charge here when it comes to that one very, very important step. IMX was $1.14 when I first mentioned it here on the 10-Minute Contrarian podcast. Uh, you can now get it for $0.96, cents, it looks like. And uh, But remember, too, I am still predicting a recession. I'm still predicting prices to go down here. So there might be some even greater opportunities at lower prices. It did bottom out under $0.50. Cents. Um, I think knowing what we know now, the chances of it getting there again are not guaranteed. So again, just have a game plan here. Just No matter what you do, make sure you don't get left out. Now, assuming you agree with me and assuming you also agree that this is a direction that is really important going forward. So, number three, and in light of all the recent events that have gone down, I have to move Bitcoin up to the three spot. As mentioned before, it has that tailwind that nobody else has. Now, oddly enough, Ethereum moved right up with it, and I don't know why. Um, if any of you ETH guys want to go down below in the comments section of YouTube uh, and post your theory as to why this happened, please do. Uh, but I know a few ETH maxis, and they just pretty much all said the same stuff they always say, uh, which to me has never been very convincing. So if you have a really good answer, uh, go ahead and post it down below. But back to Bitcoin. I have mentioned in the past, you know, it's not just BTC anymore. It's an entire blockchain, and that blockchain is getting built out. I've said this, and I'm going to say it in the future. I think we're going to have a dedicated episode to the Bitcoin blockchain and all the stuff that's being put on it. Uh, because I want you to remember, too, the people who are already interested in Bitcoin have Bitcoin. The people who are already interested in DeFi have DeFi. Now, I think for other reasons, DeFi is going to get another really good push, but not until later. But, you know, the people who are interested in shitcoins are already messing around with shitcoins. We have our in-house group of crypto and blockchain enthusiasts, and we need to get them all the way back. I understand that. But again, to really go to that next level, we need that outside money that isn't here yet. And why aren't they here yet? Well, it's because they're probably not comfortable with the technology, which again is where onboarding comes in, and they're not comfortable with the risk. But if over time, through the maturation of this process, we have a situation where they do want to come in, remember, these are normally very risk-averse people, where is the first place they are going to go? Well, it's either going to be gaming because that's what they like, but if it's not that, it's going to be Bitcoin. And then if you add in that tailwind I talk about, about people getting nervous about their own banks, and then adding in all the marketing and propaganda that's already behind Bitcoin, I have to put it at my number three right now. And remember too, I am as much of a steward of my downside as I am my upside. And let's be honest, Bitcoin carries a lot less downside than most tokens on the blockchain have. So my one, two, and three right now are pretty easy choices, and I hope I laid out my reasoning well enough for you. Uh, but you might be asking, you know, where is your, you know, your favorite 
uh, altcoin of all time, where's Cardano? Well, Cardano, make no mistake, I am every bit as excited about Cardano as I was before. It's been great to be part of that community, see these projects develop, and see these new projects that we really need enter the fray. Now, you might have heard some FUD recently about certain developers and certain projects leaving the chain. Okay, fair enough, that's, but that's a short-term problem. That is not a long-term problem. Cardano has been very good about addressing issues they have, and a lot of times with some of these upgrades and these side chains, you know, those problems are solved on their own. And when the overall crypto market starts to bull again, like for real, you know, Cardano is certainly going to go with it. You know, we just saw it go from 25 cents as high as 45 cents during this past run. So don't think people have just forgotten about what is still a, a top 10 token in this space and a very alive and thriving ecosystem. Um, but the reason on a short to midterm basis, remember what I said before, next 12, 18 months, why I am pushing it down below the three I just spoke about. All has to do with timing. The next Bitcoin halving is set for April 2024. It is currently April 2023 right now. Now, if you remember before, and I think the time before that, I really wasn't around for the time before that, but I was around for the last halving, and Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin, everything went down during the halving, um, but it went up soon afterwards, and that's when that next real bull market began. You know, my big question is during this next halving, and let's just assume, you know, we don't have a lot of data to really go with, and anytime some of these, you know, younger Bitcoin guys or younger crypto guys say, oh, look at what's happened the last three times. It's bound to happen again. I'm like, kiddo, that is such a small sample size. Please get that out of here. But let's, that data is all we have, though. That's all we have to go on. So let's say that around this time next year, maybe a couple months after, the next full bull run begins in the crypto market. Who is going to be fully ready to take advantage of it and pounce on it by having all of their projects ready to go, or at least most of them, or at least enough to even matter. I don't know if it's going to be Cardano. You know, remember, gaming, metaverse, this is something I follow very closely. In terms of those things alone, you know, the, the things that I said are going to be the first ones out of the muck and into the limelight. You know, I have more confidence that projects on Polygon and IMX are going to be fully bolted out and ready to go by this time than I do with Cardano's. Now, not just because they have a history of doing things slower, which they, they do, uh, but with things like their, you know, their second round at DeFi, it's, there's a couple new projects coming around. We do need more. We're, we're seeing regurgitations of the, the first generation projects that failed so badly. You know, I like the fact that they're coming around and the trend's going up, but I just don't think timing-wise they're going to be ready to go by then. And then on the gaming side, you know, some of their top titles like Cornucopius, you know, I just, I, as much as I love it, I did a dedicated episode to it. I don't see it being fully playable by, you know, this time next year or 15 to 18 months out. And then take their flagship open world metaverse project, which is going to be Pavia. And I think we're at least two years away from being ready there. Now take what I say with the largest grain of salt ever. I am not a dev, um, but I've been around a lot of these projects long enough to know just where they are right now. You know, the pace would really, really have to accelerate uh, tremendously to have them fully built out and ready to go. Now I hope I'm wrong. Some people are going to jump in the comment section and tell me how wrong I am. I hope you're right and I hope I am wrong. Uh, but this episode is about my personal list. 
And so while I am forever bullish on Cardano and I wish I had more of it, it's just currently not in my top three for this one um, very trivial reason. But either way, we have seen a week of bearishness in this market. Um, you know, price moves in waves. We could easily go right back up. But if this is the start of the next big move down, contrarians, be ready to take action and do what you need to do. Because with bear markets also come bearish narratives. We've certainly seen them before. We will certainly see them again. And that's the thing with bear markets. There's always that little sinking pit in your stomach that you're buying something that's just going to go down further. Not just because price is going down, but because all of this bearish sentiment is coming along with it. But again, this is exactly when you want to take action. Because even though it's going to feel like it, you are not crazy. You are just early.